Welcome to the Take Heart Podcast, where we have conversations around what it looks like to intimately walk with the Father, to know Him, to seek after Him, and to become more like Him. Our aim is to explore what it looks like to actively take heart, to be people who are confident in the future, because we know who our God is. Well, welcome to episode nine of the Take Heart Podcast. We're almost at the end of we are. Our, ser- like our season, it's yeah, series one, yeah. season one. Mm-hmm. It's very sad, but, um, but you know, it's exciting to be here as always. Uh, joining me, Brie Bond. Hello. Hello. Sam Hayward. Yo, 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 what's up? Is that something that you're going to continue doing? <laughs> Every <laughs> week. Yeah. When I edit the audio, it's just like clips. Every week. Of you... What? Oh, um, like Sorry, when you're too loud, we can't understand. It just like peaks the audio and it just sounds terrible. Oh, so yo, yo, yo! Thanks for that. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, uh, we're all really seems like we're really excited to be here. Um, episode nine. <laughs> okay, I'm excited to be here. That's great. Are so, you? well, yeah, but I mean, we're not just less so. We're not like '90s. Get a rap <laughs> gangster about it, you know. <laughs> yo, 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 what's up? Um, attributes of the Father. That's what we've been yes. in for the last few weeks. And tonight we are looking at wisdom. Um, you know, and I think like all the attributes that we've explored so far, we've always started by defining them. Mm-hmm. I think it should, we should do the same um, with wisdom tonight. Mm-hmm. But wisdom is twofold or rather there is like an incredible tension and disconnect, I think, between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. So worldly wisdom, and I'm talking about like the Western world as we understand it, um, in effect looks something like this. We plan for the future um, and we we make decisions that ultimately see ourselves prosper. So, um, you know, we choose a fulfilling job that earns good money um, to buy a good house for our perfect family. So Mm. I think the sole aim of worldly wisdom is to, you know, prosper you know, to achieve wealth and comfort and happiness and security, you mm. know, mm. that's, that's what worldly wisdom seems like to me. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a few problems with that, isn't there? There's a lot of problems with that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that none of them really have um, an end goal. Like there's always more to be accumulated. Mm. Um, none of them are extrinsic. Like they all look inward and they're all yes. quite selfish and mm-hmm. me focused. And then none of them have the right eternal impact either. That's right. So I think we're deceiving ourselves when we, you know, choose ourselves in this way. Um, if we think if we think we choose ourselves and we're choosing rightly, then we're just deceiving ourselves in that in that choice, right? Mm. Um, we're becoming wise in our own eyes. We're giving this appearance of um, wisdom, but we're actually just desiring approval of others when we when we choose that sort of thing. Um, we're pursuing these things for the self. And, you know, when the Bible makes the distinction between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom, it's not separating a higher form of wisdom from a lesser form of wisdom. It's literally distinguishing between true and false, between mm-hmm. wisdom and folly. So worldly wisdom is not wisdom at all. You know, James three thirteen to 18 actually shows us that in a bit more detail if anyone wants to actually read into that even further. But I just want to make that really clear. Worldly wisdom, well, there is no actually... There's no word wisdom that we can attach to worldly wisdom because it's not wise mm. Mm. at all, just to make that really clear to start off with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then what is godly wisdom then? And that's obviously what we want to focus on um, in this episode. Mm. Um, so let me start by reading Proverbs uh, chapter 1, verse 1 to 7. 
says the Proverbs of Solomon, son, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behaviour, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so when we unpack that a little bit and we try and put it simply, um, we've kind of defined true godly wisdom as having a deep understanding of who God is, of who you are in relation to God and an adherence to his will. Mm. Um, So like Solomon, to have a biblical view of wisdom then that we must seek to understand who God is and how to follow his will. Mm. Um, Christy McClellan, I think I've... Yeah, you're a fan of her. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, She wrote in a recent devotion that wisdom in the Hebrew language means to be skilled in the art of living your life. Mm. It was just simple, I think. And then biblical wisdom... She says it's skilled in the ways of God, which then follows with obedience. Hmm. And so to, to be a fool then is to be unwise or unknowledgeable of God's path and and is the one then who walks in the darkness. Yeah, right. So I think we want to make it really clear that there is a distinct difference between biblical knowledge and wisdom. So, you know, what we've I think we've already said it, but Psalm 111 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. So the fear of God is wisdom. So then what is the fear of God? Mm. Um, I think it is a healthy respect for God's view of good and evil. And and when I say respect, it's like acknowledging that he does understand the difference mm. between good and evil and he knows what what is best there. So we actually just respect and adhere to his view of that. Um, a sense of awe for the one who created us and for whom we serve uh, the fear of God is living a life of obedience to God. Um, and the fear of God is knowing our place before the creator as his creation. Mm. So, you know, summing that up wisdom, um, I think is to discern or judge what is true or what is right or what is lasting in any circumstance. But knowledge is information that is gathered through experience or reasoning or, you know, acquaintance with other people. And I think you can have knowledge without wisdom but you can't have wisdom without knowledge. Mm. Um, you know, for example, um, knowledge recognizes that the traffic light has turned red. Wisdom is knowing to put your foot on the brake and mm. stop. Um, you know, knowledge is what is gathered for us over time when we read the Bible, but then wisdom is knowing how and when to act upon that knowledge. Um, yeah. And our, our lives are really limited by our own knowledge. You know, we only know what we know. We only see what we see we don't know what's coming tomorrow. We don't even fully know what happened yesterday. <laughs> we, you know, we're kind of in the dark a little bit. We need wisdom to make decisions that best deal with life's problems as they arise in our lives. And biblical wisdom is knowing that we're not on this earth for our own satisfaction or our own comfort or to satiate our own needs. And whilst it's easy to say, um, you know, and I'd find it hard to find a Christian who didn't think that on the surface, we truly need to inspect our lives and our priorities. Um, you know, we need to assess what our daily life, what our focus is in our daily lives. Um, you know, are we, are we focusing on obtaining worldly wisdom or godly wisdom? Mm. That's, that's the big question we need to ask ourselves. What are we focused on? Is it the self and is it worldly wisdom or 
a pursuit of something more holy. Mm. Mm. Um, you know that expression, you do you? Yeah. I hate that expression personally. Um, but it just reminded me when you were just saying, you know, knowing our place before the creator and his creation. I think often we, you know, we say things like you do you because we assume that that's the correct level of social appropriateness or, yeah. you know, that it's That people are entitled to have self-expression, mm, yeah. which in a sense it's true. We don't want to say that's it, not true. No, yeah, true. Um, but I think it's that making sure that that's aligned with the will of God mm. and making sure that you use that appropriately, I guess. Well, I think as Christians it should be more you do like he what does. God wants. You know, yeah. you do <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. You do like Jesus. True. Yeah. Um, with all the attributes of God um, that we've explored this season, um, we've always wanted to start with God, obviously. We've wanted to, um, I guess, look at how he lives out, you know, these different attributes and then how we can emulate it, like what it mm. looks like in our lives. So if we, this is probably going to sound a little bit silly, but if we slot God into our definition of godly wisdom, let's just see how that plays out. Sure. Right, so we've defined it as having a deep understanding of who God is. Does God have this? Well, yes, because it's himself, right? Mm -hmm. And then do we, uh, having a deep understanding of who you are in relationship to God? Yes, of course he has that. It's himself. Mm -hmm. And then the third one, having an adherence to God's will. Does God have this? Well, yes, because it's his will. So it seems really clear that not only is God wise, um, but he's the source of wisdom and he can't be at odds with himself. Mm. And so if we then are wanting to pursue godly wisdom, we need to be pursuing God himself. Yes, yeah. And that he, you know, as the source will provide what, what we need. And we know in James it says, if you want wisdom, ask for it. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible passage. So. It is. Um, and then I think we need to also look at the Trinity. Like if we look at the Garden of Gethsemane, we see that Jesus is that ultimate expression of godly wisdom. When we look at those three things, those three different parts of that definition. Um, Jesus had a deep understanding of who God is. Um, We read it in Matthew 26. So verse 36, he says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Jesus knew the hour of of his betrayal and his death was near, and he knew that he needed God to get through it, and he knew who his God was. Mm. Um, He had a deep understanding of who he was in relationship to God, sorry, in relation to God. Three times in this passage, Jesus walks away from his disciples to pray and each time he started his prayers with these words, my father. And it didn't matter to him that God actually ghosted him all three Mm. times that he prayed. Mm -hmm. Um, And we never actually read God's response to those prayers, but he was fully aware of his place before his heavenly father. Um, And then Jesus had an an adherence to God's will. Three times he prayed um, for the cup, meaning the future that he knew was upon him. Mm-hmm. He prayed for it to be taken away, yet three times he was seemingly ignored by God, yet three times he said, not as I will, but as you will, or, you know, may your will be done. And mm-hmm. that's just such an incredible example for us to follow, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what about the rest of the Bible? What does it say about wisdom? Um, I think a lot of this research, I think it was from the Bible Project videos maybe there. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are three Old Testament books to be considered uh, that are considered to be wisdom literature, um, and they teach us about the meaning of life and how to live well in God's eyes. And in this world, and in this world, um, there are Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Book of Job. 
I mean, each book approaches these questions about the meaning of life and the goodness of God from different points of view. And in Proverbs, we've seen that wisdom is the key to a full life and is available to anyone who seeks it, so long as they are careful to respect the giver, being God. And the wisdom is seen as an attribute of God. It also shows that true wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord, like you were mentioning mm. before. Um, Ecclesiastes then is more critical of life than Proverbs and identifies that um, sometimes you know, horrible things can happen to, to wise people and sometimes foolish people actually get rewarded. Mm. It, doesn't work, it doesn't always work out the way that we think things should work. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty bleak view of life um, and it says that life is like smoke. It's hard to grasp. Its meaning is never clear. It's confusing and it's uncontrollable. Um, and it aims to humble you. Um, this book, the, you know, the proper response to life is to have fear of the Lord and to follow his commandments. Mm-hmm. And then the question of whether God is wise and just is explored then in Job. Job's friends know that God is a just God, therefore he is getting what he deserves, right? That's, that's what, what they think. That's what they think, yeah. yeah. And then Job's point of view it doesn't is that God doesn't look just. Um, he gets to a point where he demands that God comes and explains himself. But Job only sees that tiny view of reality compared with what God sees. It's like mm. the back of a tapestry, right? Yeah. The front's beautiful I remember and you see that. the full picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then God's decisions, you know, come from a whole universe of complexity. That is his wisdom, really. It's not the minute portion that we can see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the book of Job aims to show us, um, I think, the difference between God and us. And it's inviting us to trust God's judgment. Mm. take a break from our episode today for a special fast five with emma and brie i'm excited about this one i know over to you girls well right well we're gonna turn the tables we we said that last time didn't we yeah we we want to honor our promises yeah to our listeners it's sam's turn (laughs) sam will be in the hot seat in the hot seat let's go all righty you ready for this do you want to go one eight one one yeah let's do that let's do it that way all right We're going to play a game of Would You Rather. Mm. Yeah. But you have to answer, like, really quickly. No no hesitating, okay? Of course. Of course. Okay. First one. (laughs) Would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors or go into the future and meet your great-great-grandchildren? Future. Okay. It's very quick. Um, Would you rather have a rewind... Oh, this is kind of similar. Hang on. (laughs) Would you (laughs) rather be able to talk to animals Mm. or speak all foreign languages? Speak all foreign languages. Would you rather lose your vision or your hearing? Hearing. Would you feel worse if no one showed up to your wedding or your funeral? Oh. Funeral. Yeah. You wouldn't know, though. <laughs> yeah, but... Oh yeah, so you wouldn't feel anything. <laughs> that question is flawed. <laughs> um, <laughs> la, la. Would you rather always say everything on your mind or never speak again? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Oh, you would not want to know what's on my mind all the time. People would be like, Sam hates me. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm sure that's not true, Sam. Or never speak again. Try to just maintain your integrity. Have you seen this? There's this new movie that's kind of like that. Um, Kayla, what was the movie called? Remember that one with you could see the thoughts? 
Chaos Walking. Have you guys seen that? I haven't that? heard of it, no. So it's this new movie with Daisy Ridley and Tom oh, from Holland. Yes. And uh, you okay. can see everyone's thought. No, you can hear everyone's thoughts mm. um, all the time. Is this out at the movies at the moment? It may not be anymore, but it was just at the movies. Oh, rip. I could have used my Dine and Discover voucher. <laughs> how good is... For all oh, no. of our Australian <laughs> well, listeners, how good is Dine and Discover? that into the chat for <laughs> a second. Represent the government. I have one left. One Discover left. I haven't for spent all any. of our American <gasps> listeners, yeah. uh, basically the government gave us a bunch of vouchers to spend at the movies. And, get people and, back and, out you know, there. Yeah, enjoying life back again. Outside. Yeah. Quick, go. Um, yeah. Bree just said she hasn't... I know, sorry. But you haven't seen it? No, no. Bree just hasn't used any of her vouchers. No, I have a note from my six-year-old on the fridge that says, use Dine. Discover You have a month to use them. They're so yeah. easy to use as well. I, I like we've, we've done stuff. for dinner. We have. We're just giving yeah. We will spend it. Good. This and is going to be a jam-packed thank, thank fun, um, fun I've, This has given me time to think. You're welcome. Here's my jam. I feel like I would rather everyone know what I'm thinking all the time because I could just figure out how to... Then talk about it and make nice it okay. Yeah. be okay. Yeah. But to never speak again. Oh, my goodness. I'm that very would, uncomfortable. That would be well, you'd learn sign language. Well, that's a curveball. Now I don't know Isn't what it? I think. <laughs> okay, final one. <laughs> final one. Hang on, this is going to be good. I should have. We should have picked these. We've got a list of like sixty here, Sam. So we're just you know. It's fast five. Okay. Why did you spend so much time coming up with sixty <laughs> no, if you knew all, it was please. five? Do you think we have that kind of time? Oh, <laughs> <Our> creativity. <laughs> okay. Ah. Oh, um. Yeah, you go. Batman or Spider-Man? Would you rather be one of them? I'll rather be one. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a good one. I prefer Batman as the superhero, but I'd rather be Spider-Man. Because you actually have powers, right? Batman yeah. doesn't have powers, he just has wealth. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty cool tech, right? Like his car and his... Batman, yeah, yeah, he's got money, but he's got no superpowers. Yeah, but Spider-Man, you could just fly under the radar and just be awesome and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's been great getting to know Sam Hayward a little bit better tonight. So this, much better. Yeah. A real deep one tonight, wasn't it? <laughs> Do you have anything that you would like to, to share with the people? Any, you know, insights into you that into you feel my soul. that you didn't get to share tonight? I feel like I've shared everything that matters Wow. this evening. Ooh, absolutely. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> well, then, let's... Uh, you want me to do what you say? Let's get back to the episode, shall we? Let's get back to the yellow episode. <laughs> oh, that's oh, awesome. Thanks for that. I think knowing all of this then, how can we seek to develop and, and live out godly wisdom in our lives? You know, does it actually come just naturally to us with age and maturity or should we seek it? Mm. You know, should we be seeking out this wisdom or should we just let it happen to us sort of thing? I think there's an element of like, you know, with age comes maturity, with mm. age comes wisdom. That's very true. But I don't know why anyone would wait when God literally makes that so available to us, right? And we touched on it before in James 1, 5. Um, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it mm -hmm. will be given him. We can just ask God for wisdom. Mm -hmm. 
That's incredible access. <laughs> but then verses 6 to 8 describes God's response to our request, which is just as cool. He gives wisdom to those who ask in faith. We must not mm. doubt that it's not possible, but ask him for that wisdom in faith, knowing that he can give it to us and that he will if it's a part of his will, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, like, let's take another example from the Bible. Let's look at 1 Kings 3, which is um, all about Solomon and what Solomon asked for. And we've already spoken mm. about this um, this story before. I know mm. it's a favourite of yours. Um, but let me just read these verses out to us and I believe this is going to really encourage someone. 1 Kings 3, 5 to 12. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and did not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Such a cool like um, snapshot of that relationship between Solomon and the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's asking and the Lord immediately responding mm. and, and giving him that request. Yeah. And, you know, God's really offering Solomon anything at all he desires. But he doesn't request wealth or worldly pleasures. Mm-hmm. He asks for a discerning heart to govern God's people well. And I think, you know, if we think about why does God choose to bless Solomon in this way? Well, Solomon isn't asking for anything worldly. He's asking for God's direction. That's huge. Mm. Solomon knows his place and he also recognizes God's place Mm. in his life, being the giver of the good things. Solomon knows that he's been put in a privileged position, being able to lead Israel, being, being able to lead God's chosen people. And so he's seeking to understand, you know, and faithfully implement God's plans for those people. So it all seems to align with, you know, probably what God would want to give him. So God grants this for Solomon. And then this is this is really cool part of the story. Immediately afterwards, Solomon is presented with, I'm sure a lot of people have heard this story, that very public trial with the with the two women who are pleading their case um, about whose child, whose baby that is, mm. you know, that, that mm. story. Um, the, both these women had baby boys. One of them has died. And so they're disputing over who's this, the living child. Um, and you know, what's really cool about this story is that Solomon doesn't even need a minute to stop and seek God here. Like he doesn't, like he doesn't need to go, you know, withdraw to a quiet place and spend some time in prayer and asking God, you know, what's the right move here? What do I need to do? Like he just like, and like, don't get me wrong. That would be a really wise and Mm. like noble and honorable thing to do, right. To give God that, that time to speak to him. But he, he just acts. So he mm. immediately commands for a sword to be brought to him to, you know, naturally, this is, you know, clearly the most logical thing to do, to just divide the child in half <laughs> and give both women half a child each. 
Um, and obviously what happens in the story is immediately the boy's real mother pleads for the child's life. Mm. You know, it's okay. I give him to the other woman. And so then Solomon knows, well, actually that, that is the boy's mother because she'd rather him live yeah. than be killed, obviously. Um, and so, you know, 1 Kings three twenty eight finishes here with um, this verse. And all Israel heard of the judgment that the king had rendered and they stood in awe of the king because they perceived that the wisdom of God was in him to do justice. The wisdom of God mm. was in him to do justice. Mm. Clearly God answered his prayers for wisdom and discernment and he gave him an opportunity to use that. Mm. Generously. Generous, like, yes. But this story shows us what it looks like to act in wisdom. Mm. Solomon knows that he's received wisdom from God. He doesn't even, and he doesn't question it. He's not like, oh, maybe I have this from the Lord. Yeah. He, he but- just understands that God, why wouldn't God give me this gift? And so he doesn't need to ask God for any further knowledge or insight into this particular situation. He takes what he knows about human nature. You know, he's got his own understanding about human nature, a mother's desire to protect her child. Mm. And so he uses that to then expose the mother's true identity, Mm. you know, and God honors the faith that he displayed in, in, in making that call. Um, often I think, we pray for wisdom when we're really seeking knowledge, right? Mm. Often we pray for wisdom, but we're really just seeking knowledge. You know, we're saying, tell me what to do, Lord. Um, But we're not asking for understanding. We're asking for information. And that's, Mm. there's a difference. You know, as a teacher, my job is not to just tell my students what they should know. I don't just spoon feed them information. Mm. I am responsible for guiding their thinking and helping them make appropriate, considered judgments for themselves. I would be doing them a disservice if I was to just tell them everything they needed. Mm. They have to come to those conclusions themselves, but I have my responsibility is to give them like a framework and a structure for thinking mm. to help them make the right choice, to help them make the right call. And I think, you know, if that's how much I want that for my students, how much does God, our Heavenly Father, mm. want that for us too, right? Yeah. And he gave Solomon this framework and Solomon uses the knowledge that he already has to make the best decision that he can. Mm. Wisdom is such a marker of spiritual maturity here. You know, he doesn't need knowledge. He trusts the insight and he trusts his maturity to make the call. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. I really like that story. Thanks you, for indulging me and letting oh, to share it. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, thanks. It would also be cool to be in your class, just saying. Oh, thank oh. you so much. <laughs> I would love to have been your student. <laughs> um, so we are all about getting practical here. Yeah. Um, so what then practically does a wise life look like? Mm. Um, I think we need to, you know, take captive every thought. I think that's a good place to start. Um, and making sure we recognise the power of the mind. Mm. Um, I, you know, for those who don't know me, pretty average size, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just negative thoughts about body image issues over the years have mm. been have really taken their toll. And I think I'm sure a lot of, you know, our female listeners could probably relate to that. And male, who knows? And male, yeah, absolutely. It's such a common struggle for so many. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's been important in that particular example to make sure that you are always trying to take captive every thought and trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, seek God's wisdom in those moments when you're feeling like, you know, everyone's eyes are on you or, or, 
you know, you're feeling insecure about something. Like I would really encourage you if that's your that's your story and that's your experience to, you know, overcome that and over, um, I guess, get power over that through God's spirit and mm. through asking him for wisdom to be able to um, discern. Yeah. What yeah. is what is from him and what is mm. perhaps from the enemy in that moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then with that particular example, I would just say cling to verses like Psalm 139. Um, I know I talk about it a lot, but, you know. <laughs> you love it though. God, you it's love it. It just, verse. yeah. Um, you know, you were created in your mother's womb. God loves you that intimately. Mm. You disappeared into a secret place to knit you together. Like mm. It's just this beautiful picture of intimacy and um, and I would encourage you to cling to that and not what you think others think of you. Thank you. That's good. Um, you know, I think what does a wife, wife, what does a wise life think? I, I can understand why I got that, <laughs> why I muddled that. What does a wife, I almost said it again, goodness me, I'm life. tired. What does a wise life look like? Um, you know, I think that's, you know, someone who is spiritually mature, someone who's able to discern what is good from what is evil. Um, and I think it's, you know, people who perceive the world differently because you're in the process of being transformed by the renewing of your mind mm. um, so that you can test and approve, you know, um, that, you know, like what it says in Romans 12, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think what's wild about Solomon's story is that he does not follow the wise path that we've just learned about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stay on that path. Mm-mm. And I think like you have this incredible story, you have this incredible moment where you've, use godly wisdom to make a really, you know, important mm. judgment call here. Why wouldn't you be encouraged that like, oh, God's given me a gift here. I've got to stay in it. Nope. He wanders off into folly. He becomes obsessed with wealth and power and worldly pleasures. Um, you know, and this is the man who literally wrote in Proverbs 9 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He wrote that. Mm. But then he traded the fear of the Lord for the fear of man. And I think this story just teaches us that we must remain constantly aware of our need for sustaining a supply of wisdom from God Um, because we can be so easily led astray um, because only God is always wise. Mm. We can't be wise all the time. Only God is always wise. He's the never-ending supply of that wisdom. And I think what happened to with Solomon is that he just stopped asking he stopped seeking. He stopped knocking. But, you know, if any of us lacks wisdom, we must keep on asking God. Mm. Like that's a, and that's like a continued relationship with him, like knowing that God will provide that for us. You know, I think a wise person acknowledges that God does give wisdom through his word. And I, I, I also think it's not a coincidence that Solomon asks for a sword in that story. Because, you know, as Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrows, marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God can discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God literally gives us discernment into the areas that we need it the most, in mm. particular, ourselves mm. and our own hearts, um, where we can see ourselves honestly. Mm. And I think seeing honestly where we are at actually helps us to revere God and put him in his rightful place and fear him 
rightfully. Um, and then when we do that, wisdom is formed within us in that process. Mm, yeah. So um, what then are the implications of living that wise life versus living an unwise life? Mm-hmm. Um, well, quick, you know, put quite simply is that worldly wisdom or folly is self-seeking and is selfish, inwardly focused, and it leads to destruction. Mm. But godly wisdom, that's the pursuit that we want, mm. that we want to go for, right? It's kingdom seeking. It's seeking after the things that God wants. It's, you know, longing for his wisdom and the attributes of a heavenly father. And then rather than, I guess, searching for those things rather than what will satisfy, um, rather than what, let me rephrase that, <laughs> searching after those things that will satisfy the soul rather than what won't. What we think will satisfy the soul, yeah. but ultimately will not. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's really good. Mm. Amazing. Well, I'd love to pray for us now to finish off this episode. Yeah. So would thanks. you join me? As we pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift, God. We just honor you and we um, revere you, Father, for how magnificent you are, Lord, and just how much you you desire to instruct us, Lord. You never leave us or forsake us, God, but you you want to walk intimately with your people, Father. And so we just we just humbly come before you and we ask. We knock and we seek, God. We, we want to have a, a position in our hearts where we constantly strive for more of you, Father, that we're constantly seeing what you're seeking to see what you're doing, Father, and Lord, asking for more of yourself and, and more of your wisdom to, to instruct and guide our everyday lives, Father. We just, we just pray that we would all humble ourselves before your lordship, for your, before your sovereignty, Father, um, and Lord, know that those who do ask will receive, God, and would we have faith um, to ask expectantly, Father, um, and then faith to receive that, Lord, and and then go out into our every day um, knowing that you have given us your wisdom to instruct and guide us in all that you are calling us to do. And we, 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 we know that then we can give you honour and glory all back to you, Father, because mm. it is not from ourselves but solely from you, Lord. That is the, the great pursuit here, Father. We just want more of you so that we can show more of you to this world. We pray all these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. We know that to take heart, to be encouraged and to seek a new thing is a personal pursuit. We want to encourage you that you are not alone in that pursuit. We believe that because of who our God is, we can actively seek Him and see what He's doing. And when we do this, things start to shift. Our hope for you is that you would embrace this process of becoming and allow our God to continue to grow you into all He is calling you to be and that you would have eyes to see what He is doing in this generation.